Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Oh, my friends. When you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, remember this. Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. I'm starting to want, the Suns are a great story. The Suns are, are, are a great story. I, I love what Chris Paul's done. What Chris Paul's done has, has fooled, he's fooled every single fan base that's not New York, L.A., Miami, He's fooled them into thinking that you can get that veteran. I, I, I really need to put him up on a pedestal because I'm rooting for another team from what happened last night. But I want to put Chris Paul on a pedestal here. I was having a discussion about the Cavaliers. I was on a podcast, Locked on Cavs. Uh, nice podcast. And uh, give credit to uh, Chris Manning and Evan Demerol. Good folks. If you're out there looking for a podcast, it's part of our network. Go right on ahead. But I was I was on the podcast and we were talking about it and, and the Suns get brought up. A lot of people, if you're not if you're not already the Suns or if you're not already the the 76ers or a couple other teams that have built themselves from the bottom up, if you're not one of those teams, you look at ways to build yourself into those teams. And the Suns get used as an example, and they we marvel at Chris Paul, and rightfully so. He's done a terrific job. The man's long in the tooth. He's done sensational, and he's really been a a person that leads by what he does, and now it's become the guy that we're, we're rooting for. He's the old dog in the fight we're rooting for. You got young guys like Devin Booker there and Aiton, who's who you root for in your, in your own way, who you want those guys to be, to be able, especially Devin Booker, you want him to be the next superstar. And the whole relationship with LeBron, you want that, but out of Chris Paul, we put him up on a pedestal, and rightfully so. But I think what he does is there's a false hope. Because when I was on that podcast, I'm thinking, yeah, you have Chris Paul, who's been a professional, been a guy who who his teammates can rally around over the last couple of seasons now, a man who has, or over the last season, I should say, a man who has helped out in a lot of ways and not just helped out behind the scenes, clearly has helped out on the floor at 27 last night. And I think around the league and I go, guys, this is the exception. This isn't the rule. I keep seeing this stuff about, man, the resurgence of Blake Griffin. This is unbelievable. Scrum Trelescent, the resurgence of Blake Griffin. In, in the words in the words of John Sterling, having a renaissance. Blake Griffin was terrible. Blake Griffin sulked. He pouted. He moaned. 
I think he exacerbated injuries. I knock on wood. Uh, there's a lot of things that Blake Griffin did that just wasn't right when he was with the Detroit Pistons. He pissed and moaned. It was upset the entire time. And got himself out of there. I see Chris Paul, and then I see a guy like Kevin Love, who was a holdover to try to make the fans happy after LeBron and Kyrie had left. And now you have Kevin Love, who had signed that massive contract that is immovable because he's immovable. He's either too injured or too pouty and moans and bitches and tries to get himself traded every other day and openly talks about wanting to play in Portland, which it's his hometown, of course. Well, it's relatively his hometown, but his home area, relatively, why wouldn't you? But he says it publicly, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I got got a team like the Suns, who I know they had to go through a lot before they got to this level. There were a lot of people paying attention to the Suns, and you guys who were paying attention to the Suns, you guys were right. It wasn't all sunshine and roses like it is now. You guys are enjoying some significant great stuff right now. And you had to go through a lot. But I, I, I look at Chris Paul and I think, you need to give Chris Paul his respect. We need to give Chris Paul his respect. We need to continue to respect what Chris Paul is doing with this basketball team. Putting forth, uh, honestly, all I'm asking for is a professional effort out of a veteran with a younger basketball team. And that is exactly what this man has done and then some. And I can't use him as some sort of an example of how crafty, wily vets lead basketball teams to another level, help basketball teams achieve greatness, get to greatness and help achieve greatness. I can't use him as an example. He's the exception. He's not the rule. There's guys like Vince Carter who finished the last eight to ten years of their career as a piece that knows basketball, can help out the assistant coaches, basically is an assistant coach helping out the head coach, at times as a head coach on the floor. I saw him up close and personal last year with the Atlanta Hawks and what he was doing with that basketball team. It's very, very true. He can help out. But what Chris Paul is doing is on another level. We're looking at a guy who's incomparable right now. At least in, and I'm sure some people can bring up some names and I'll go, you know what, you're right. You know what, you're okay with that. You're right about that. But off the top of my head, I'm watching last night, I go, I can't, I can't feel, I can't think of a guy, I can't think of a guy who's done this. Recently, to this level, it's remarkable. Leading them on the floor, leading them off the floor. Being the perfect player for a young Devin Booker to look up to, to eventually hand the torch, or to get the torch from. What the Suns are doing right now is magnificent. The Western Conference has been tough. It's also been wide open. When you slay the dragon that is LeBron, I know you know I couldn't keep his name out of my mouth in the opening segment. I'm sorry. But when you slay that dragon, it gives you a different level of confidence. Chris Paul knows about LeBron. Chris Paul knew the ins and outs and what have you about how to beat the L.A. Lakers. Without Anthony Davis, yes, that was significant. Chris Paul knew how to do it, and then in this series, you're on another level. The Suns may very well be the most dangerous team. I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about a lot of other teams. But let me let you know right out of the gates. The Suns are a dangerous basketball team that have the inside line that could very well do it all. Clippers are fighting, fighting like crazy. Utah's fighting, fighting like crazy. Denver, they're they're getting their throats choked out. Phoenix right now looks as dangerous as anybody.
and I can't believe this meteoric rise where, my gosh, they really look like they deserve it. They really do. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. The other side with Philadelphia last night, and seeing what Joel Embiid was able to do, seeing what Ben Simmons is able to do, I, I got to tell you guys, and you might hate me about this, there's a lot of things that people don't like about Philly, about the 76ers, not about the city in general, but about the 76ers. Because of what Joel Embiid has been through and what that organization has been through and how they've had to go into the muck, it's hard not to root for him. I think Joel Embiid has paid the fiddler. I certainly think any time they lose, Ben Simmons, they, they, don't want to, they don't just want to trade him. They want to fire him into the sun. Anytime they lose, people go after Ben Simmons. Seth Curry has has developed very nicely as a basketball player. I really thought when he first came to the league, I'm thinking this guy's just sitting here because of his brother. Seth Curry's developed into a very nice basketball player. And they got something going for him. And the 76ers taking a 2-1 lead, it, it makes me, all right, you know, you've paid your dues. Joel Embiid's paid his dues. Ben Simmons has paid his dues. That's a team where if you really wanted to do it, and I, you might hate Hanky. You might hate what he stood for. You might hate that he tanked the thing out years over years and said, trust the process. This is the way to do it. This is how we had to do it. And it looked it looked ugly there for a second. But if you're the fan of paying your dues and the quote-unquote non-super team stuff, 76ers are a team you root for. This brings me to another one of those teams that we get upset about with the super teams. And what I really wanted to get into today, first off, I'll tell you this. What happened the other night, Adam Silver's got to get a grip on things. Now, I don't know exactly what it is because it's murky because technically he's a team he's team paid. Kevin Durant's personal bodyguard. You're running out there on the third quarter, buddy boy, and you're really escalating the situation. I don't know what Adam Silver's got to do. You're just getting – we're trying to get past these problems with fans, and he's not a fan, but if you're a security guard, your job is – and he's a bodyguard. Your job is to protect your person and to de-escalate the situation. The man did none of that. When you're running out on the floor and escalating the situation and making people angrier about it, I think the NBA should have a problem with that. I think it's asinine, and you got to cool that down real quickly. Okay, now that that's out of the way. Because it's Kevin Durant, and it makes it weird. And the whole thing about Kevin Durant is weird. Make no mistake, the Nets are the bad guys out of this entire scenario. You watch up and down the playoffs, the Nets are the bad guys. They're the Razor Ramona of this whole thing. Kevin Durant, there's a lot of things that I just, I try to like Kevin Durant. I'm going to tell you right now, as a fan, there's a lot of things I just can't get with. There's things that I understand. He makes a great point. There's a lot of things I, I can't I can't understand. The Jay Williams stuff that happened earlier this week, I don't really put on Kevin Durant. That's some Jay Williams stuff. Either he was told in confidence or he's still putting it out there. Either way, you really messed that thing up and shouldn't have said that type of thing. But for Kevin Durant, whether it's the arguing with teenagers online, whether it's the bickering that happens on the floor, whether it's the bodyguard that's running out, there's a lot about Kevin Durant that a lot of people, and maybe it's left over from leaving Oklahoma City. There's a lot of things that are unlikable. Kyrie, I try to understand Kyrie. It's hard sometimes. I do think that it needs to be put out the charity work, some of the things that Kyrie holds dear to his heart, that there's a lot of pressure for him to put him put that stuff behind him, and he won't do it. And I commend him for doing that because I think he has a strong stance on things, 
And at times where we may disagree on things, I can commend a person for having compassion for his fellow man. So I can give Kyrie Irving a lot of credit for that. And the other thought to it is when he says that basketball is not at the forefront of his mind and people rip him for it, Kyrie's playing sensational. Either he worked everybody into a shoot, or on the other hand, maybe we just took it the wrong way, which when it comes to Kyrie and some of the things that Kyrie says and some of the things that just seem to be bonkers – it makes sense that we didn't understand it. And it could have been very well true. On that day, it might not have been at the forefront of his mind getting ready for the postseason. But tomorrow's another day, and Kyrie is a person that I think will continue to peel back that onion, and the onion's just going to get bigger. Out of the great triumvirate of Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie's got to be my favorite. I've laughed. I've cried. I've hated. I've loved. I've been confused. He's very interesting. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant annoys me. Kyrie intrigues me. James Harden at times has really upset me. The strip club stuff, the chicken wing stuff, getting fat, getting thin. I can't believe I've seen a body fluctuate like that, but here we are. And a lot of people don't like James Harden. These are the men who wear the black hat. This is the team that if you don't like super teams and 99% of you guys out there claim you don't, you got to be rooting hard against this team. Milwaukee makes a ton of sense. I've never been to Milwaukee, but they seem like wonderful people. It seems like it's Cleveland West. They have that nice little nice accent, the almost the Minnesota A. Packers fans are usually Bucks fans. It seems like a nice area. People seem to be nice. And Giannis just seems to be so nice. Drew Holly, everything about Milwaukee is so nice. And you want him to win. It's been so long. It's been so long since the Bucks have had a shot. And they've tried. From Vin Baker to everybody else, they have tried. And I want him to win so bad. And I don't think they can. I saw David Shepard's article here from CBS Sports uh, Radio. And David's one of the best when it comes to basketball as well. We love David. Shep had written an article about this series is just getting started. And frankly, I just don't believe Shep. I love him. I don't believe him. I picked the Nets in six. I think the Nets can get the job done in five. I know there's I know there's injuries. There's always injuries when it comes to the Nets. God, they're so dramatic. There's always injuries when it comes to the Nets. They're such an unlikable team. I want Folks, I want the Bucks to win. This is a heartfelt series. This is really a heartfelt postseason. There's tons of things to love. And I hate having to love everything. The 76ers, you've paid your dues. The Suns, young, fun, but also have the grand old man and Chris Paul who you have to respect because he's doing a professional job of everything. The Hawks is Trey Young, the next Reggie Miller in the NBA. There's a lot of things to love. Will the Clippers get over the hump? Utah and Donovan, and so many things to love. So it makes it easier to hate the Nets. And they are the bad guys. And I think they're the team that has the speed to win it all. I think they're the team that has the guts to win it all. And when I say guts, I'm just talking about overall talent because they haven't been necessarily tested just yet. And if if this isn't what makes the bad guys tougher, I don't know what's going to be. If they lose... We love Milwaukee, we love Philadelphia, Utah, Phoenix, we just talked. If they win, you're not going to be happy. 
They're fundamentally not good. Pound the air out of the ball. Here you go. There you go. You take the shot. I'll take the shot. For whatever reason, Bruce Brown decided he wanted to heat check himself. But I look at it and I think, I know a lot of callers, if the Nets win, a lot of callers will be upset and they'll say that it's bad for the NBA. And they are the bad guys, make no doubt about it. And James Harden doing what he did to get himself traded from Houston, I haven't forgotten it. Kyrie, while I've defended Kyrie and I just did, you know, he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Kevin Durant certainly rubs a lot of people the wrong way. They're a very unlikable team. They're the bullies of the NBA now. They're the bad guys of the NBA. They're the super team. They are the super team that we pay attention to now in the NBA. And I know that if they were to win it all, you aren't going to be happy. But don't we all love to hate a bully? You look in the annals of our history. We love to hate a dominant basketball team. And this would be their first championship if they were able to make this run. Bucks fans have an argument with me, and fine, I'll hear you out. 855-2124-CBS. But if they were to run this table and end up winning this thing, if you like baseball and you're not a Yankees fan, you hate the Yankees. There's no third direction. If you like football and you're not a Patriots fan, you've ended up hating the Patriots. There's no third direction. The same thing can be said with Alabama. The same thing can be said with every single dominant team made of bullies and bad guys across sports in the history of it. And I'm talking about dynastic organizations, dynastic programs, not necessarily a team that could win its first ever NBA championship. I get that. But there's a lot there not to like. And if I go into a season... After you know who just gets bounced in the first round, I'm not going to say his name again. After you know who gets bounced in the first round, where there's so many things to like, so many heartwarming stories, but I don't think heartwarming stories sell tickets. You have to have a bad guy. And the Nets, and you wanting them to lose, and hating Kyrie, and hating Durant, and hating James Harden. They're the ones that get you to watch. I have to find another bad guy. And the Nets may very well be that team. And if they win it, there's going to be so many who say this is bad. This is bad for the NBA. Bad fundamentals. No teamwork. They selected their own coach. This is terrible. This is more of the same crap that we've been arguing against for the last decade, Ken. And I'll say absolutely. And the ratings were up 49% in the first round. You say you hate it. You're watching. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. If the Nets win with all these great stories, with all these heartfelt moments in the NBA today, if the Nets win, is it bad for the NBA? 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. It's Ken Carmen, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 11.40 a.m. Eastern, 8.40 Pacific, Brian Baldinger. That's right, Baldy NFL on Twitter. If you don't follow him, do yourself a service. Listen to the show, all right, wherever you're at listening to it, whether you're in fabulous South Carolina, whoever we say, sorry, but bye-bye for the College World Series. We'll find another team. I've actually enjoyed, I shouldn't say actually because I enjoy it every single year. I just don't watch it until the Women's College World Series. I've enjoyed the softball Enjoyed Oklahoma. Enjoyed the great story of James Madison. That was cool. But we love our people down in South Carolina. We say goodbye. We'll see you during football season, and hopefully you guys can get it going there during the Palmetto Bowl. Also, but Brian Baldinger, listen to the show. Listen to it on the Odyssey app. 
It's absolutely free. Listen to it on SiriusXM206. Go follow him on Twitter. Watch his videos. Watch Baldy's breakdowns. He's one of the best. If you want some news about where your offensive line stands, go search your favorite team. Go search Brian Baldinger. I'll tell you exactly what's what. He's one of the finest. He joins us at 11.40 a.m. Eastern. Also, 12.40 p.m. Eastern, Mark Medina going to join us. USA Today NBA writer. We'll talk hoops with him. We'll talk about the finals coming up. We'll talk about what, whether or not Denver can jump back into it. Because Phoenix looks like they are a bunch of ass kickers right now, and it's fantastic. 855-2124-CBS. And it's a great story. But watching the Nets, and I know a lot of people are rooting for, and I am too, man. I ain't gonna lie. I'm I'm not supposed. I'm not a journalist. I don't need to call it down the line. I try to the best I can. But I'm allowed to have ones that I like and ones that I don't. I'm pulling for you. I don't think you got a shot. Brooklyn scares me. I think they play it differently. I think it's a little bit. It's not old style, but it's one-on-one isolation stuff that I think a lot of these teams are not as used to as we. Th- as we thought they were. When you just have overwhelming talent that can surround you and engulf you, it's difficult to play them. And they're a bunch of unlikable guys. Giannis is a good dude. Giannis makes you smile. Drew Holiday's a good dude. He makes you smile. Milwaukee's a great city. All that stuff's great. Just Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. Everything's hunky-dory. And I'm rooting for Milwaukee. I, I still think the Nets get game four, and I think the Nets go home and they finish it off. Hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. I think it's more where people want it to be a series than it actually is going to be a series. And the worst part about this is that NBA media will see Durant, Kyrie, Harden, and they won't say what they really should be saying. We'll just focus on Giannis We'll focus on Chris Middleton and Drew and Drew Holiday. It's you know they, he just doesn't have the cast. No kidding, he doesn't have the cast. How many people do have that type of cast of Durant, Kyrie, and Harden? You got Kawhi. You got Paul George. It's more Kawhi now. Phoenix. You got Devin Booker. Chris Paul's doing sensationally. Chris Paul's thirty six. Trey Young, young guy. It's more of a team still. There's a lot of teamwork that's going on. Great, fundamental stuff that Grandpa likes. Movement, all that stuff. How many people, how many teams can say they have a Durant, Kyrie, Harden-type mix? The only other team was close. The guy got hurt. One guy got hurt, and they bowed out in the first round. If you want to go Embiid and Simmons, fair. Fair enough. But it's not on this same level to me. And Philadelphia's got themselves a hell of a team. But I got Durant, Kyrie, Harden. They're made to hate. They're made the – and I say the old way. I'm just going back to the Celtics' way of super teams because everybody wants to blame the Heat. It's really the Celtics that get things started. Then the Heat, they were the biggest biggest names go out there. Other guys were veterans at that time. Then the Heat, then a couple of the other ones get put together. And then when you still have a super team, if they win, as much as the game has changed, it stays the same. And so they're villains – they're wildly disliked, and I don't blame you for wanting them to lose. I just don't know if they will. And I still think that they could be good for the NBA. A lot of these other teams are great stories. Will they move the needle? The Nets will. The Nets could turn LeBron, I know, there it is again, the Nets can turn that guy 
into a superhero again. They could turn that guy into a sympathetic figure again. I know he's putting on number six, and it's all, oh, he's going heel again. It's Hollywood Hogan all over again. All this other crap. I think it's promoting a movie, obviously, and he has every right to do so. It's every man's right to go ahead and make money fine. But a team like the Nets, hey, they could make him a good guy again. They could make him well-liked again. Team like the Nets rub a lot of people the wrong way. Kevin Durant has been a nut job. I think he's possessed with trying to win a championship that's outside of Golden State. I think he hates being told. And you can, he can say he doesn't care all he wants. That is the biggest lie he's ever told, and I'm sure he's told many of them. He says he doesn't care about what people say about him. That's the biggest line of garbage I've ever heard from, Ke- from Kevin Durant in my life, in my career covering the guy. If you didn't care, you wouldn't be sniping back at people on social media. If you didn't care, you wouldn't be saying what you're saying in post-game press conferences. He cares. He's nuts. He's possessed because he needs to get the monkey of Golden State off his back. He needs to show everybody he's legitimate. He needs to show everybody that that team in Oklahoma City was talented but not old enough yet. They hadn't paid the fiddler enough yet. They haven't done what they needed to do yet. Then he goes to Golden State. Well, you're just a turncoat. You're just a second fiddle guy. Steph Curry's the leader of that team, and he really is. Steph Curry's the legend in Golden State, not you, and that's true. Great basketball player. You're not a legend anywhere. This is personal for Kevin Durant. And as it's become more personal for him, as as he's become more and more possessed, people have disliked him even more over it. And if that team goes out there and they win the championship, he'll be a hero in Brooklyn, which is still in the biggest, even though it's a borough, it's the biggest city in the world. He will have put the Nets in a place they've never been. And he will have, to him, and I think to a lot of people, justified his NBA career. You want to talk about rings chasing? And how it's bad for the culture, bad for the NBA, bad for everything else, bad for the other professional sports. Nobody's chasing a ring like Kevin Durant right now. Kyrie's playing second. Kyrie's got his ring. James Harden, he's looking for one. These are older men now who've paid their price and want their glory. And while it upsets a lot of folks, I don't know if they're going to be able to be stopped. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up in just over an hour, again, the great Brian Baldinger joins us on the show. Up next... You know, it seems like a really good idea. Then you realize who you have to trust. It's Ken Carmen, CBS Sports Radio. Right now, it's the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. One hour from now, Brian Baldinger going to join us on the show from the NFL Network. Talk NFL with him, obviously. What else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about football. We're going to talk about cricket with Brian Baldinger. Also, Mark Medina going to join us on the show. For USA Today NBA writer coming up at 12.40 p.m. Eastern. Pierno will join us at 11. We'll get the top five subject. Also, Titans fans, the end is near. More on that coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern. 855-2124-CBS. All right, let me just ask you. Let me come out and ask you right now. What's the perfect number for the college football playoff? What's your perfect number? How do you want it to, and how do you want it to fill out? I'm going to do it. How do you want it to go? I'm going to I'm going to lay that out right now. 855-2124-CBS 855-2124-227. 
You want eight? You want 12? You want six? You want to keep it to four? Should there be no college football playoff? Should they do the Power Five Conference champions and then maybe they should do five at-large teams? Should they do it that way? Do you want Cincinnati in that bad? Did you want UCF in that bad? Did you want Memphis in that bad? Did you want Boise State in that bad? 855-2124. And Delt, dead serious, fine. I'll open it up to everybody. What's the perfect number for college football? We'll get back to the NBA. What's the perfect number for the playoffs? Because I think parity is a false wish. In 9 out of 10 sports, I think parity is false. I think it's a good thing to have a dominant team. It's something that a lot of other people you can root for and be hardcore for. You can you can pump out your chest and say that you are a fan of the very, very best. You accept only excellence. You want only excellence. That's what makes the Yankees fun. When was the last time the Yankees won a World Series, Pierno? 2009? 2009. Thank you very much. I had to make sure right off the top of my head. Thank you very much. Last time the Yankees won the World Series, 2009. Excellence. We're only for excellence. We only root for Giancarlo Stanton when he gets a hit. Other than that, he's garbage and we boo him. We're only here for excellence. And people who aren't a Yankee fan hate the Yankees. Same with the Patriots over the last 20 years. We'll see where it goes from here. Same with a lot of other teams. That's the beauty of having those teams, of dominant teams, is that there's something that we can all pull for and pull against. Hey, we might not be together forever, but no, one thing's for sure, we can pull against the other. The SEC does that. Auburn and Alabama fan hate each other. And I've heard from Auburn fans, I can't believe this, there's more Alabama fans willing to say it than Auburn fans, I'll grant you. But I've heard from Auburn and Alabama fans, hey, if the other one's in there against Ohio State, yeah, I'm going to pull for the SEC team. Yeah, I'm going to pull for them. It's the fun of it. But I do think in college football, as even though I just used that as an example, I think it's the only place you do really want some parity. I think it's the only place where you do really want something a little bit different. Ratings have been down a little bit. You can blame pandemic for whatever reason. We thought we were going to get this great big cornucopia of sports. I have no idea. I, I think that the sports really cannibalize themselves. But the college football national championship is played in January. A lot of these other sports were, were have gone away by that time. College or The NFL was the last thing standing, really. I, I'm not sure if that really had something to do with it other than, oh, it's Ohio State and it's Alabama again. It's Ohio State, Clemson again. It's Ohio State, it's Clemson and, and Alabama again. And yeah, there was LSU for a year. Yeah, there was Georgia in that mix for a year. Totally understandable. It still seems to be that if you were to ask a lot of people, if they just looked at the TV and they saw LSU, Alabama, I'll throw Georgia in the mix, what the hell, Ohio State, Clemson, even Oklahoma. Let me throw Oklahoma in there too. I think they just see red. That's all it is, just like a red and gray ESPN logo, that's it. It's just one big blur to them. It's five teams, teams X through Y, whatever it may be, and they just think of that that way. Like it's just one big superpower team that they've kind of been bored by. Joe Burrow in, in LSU, that was a lot of fun. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. <laughs> I don't know. LSU – they recruit like crazy. They're right up there with everybody else. You can say whether or not they're doing it in a nefarious way, but I think if you're pointing fingers at LSU, if you're up there with the big boys, maybe just be quiet about LSU because you don't know what your own team's doing there, okay? I'll defend LSU on that level. But I think there's a lot of folks that just want something different. They want some parity. They want some more fun. 
and they want their team to have a chance. They want the secondary teams to have a chance, and they want more fun. And I'll lay this out for you. And again, I'll ask, what's the perfect number? 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. What's the perfect college football playoff? That's fine. I'll ask you. Because while I think parody is a false wish, and I want to say this at the very beginning, this is fun. This looks like fun. This smells like fun. It'll be fun for you. My ninth grade science teacher, if it looks good and smells good, you'll eat it. If it looks like fun, smells like fun, I don't know how you smell college football. Maybe it's the smell of a stadium. But if it looks like fun and smells like fun, you are going to watch. You will watch the college football playoff because it's fun. No matter how how cynical I want to be, how critical I want to be of Bowlesby and, and Emmert, even though Emmert has really no say-so over the college football playoff, really, because that's a separate entity, or the NCAA, the member institutions, the big-time college football powers to be, as critical as I want to be, they know it's fun, and, and I know it's fun. And it, no matter what argument I'm about to make, please let that be the baseline. It's fun. And I can't argue against something that people are going to enjoy. They're going to enjoy this, no matter how many teams that are in it. I don't think there's going to be, and I, I get so upset when hosts do this, there's not going to be this huge group in mass at a stadium going, you know, this just isn't fun anymore. Away I go. It's not going to be that way. I have people I know that are concerned where this is just the professionalization of college football. Ohio State isn't the same as it used to be. I don't think you're going to be as big of a fan of Ohio State as you used to be because these players aren't staying at Ohio State for as long as they used to. And I think that's the biggest line of crap I've ever heard in my life. If you're in the state of Ohio or even just around it, some people from West Virginia, some people from Western PA, some people from Indiana and everything, and I use them as an example. If you're from that state, and you've been a Browns fan, and the Browns were sucking up the room for 20 years, you bet your ass there was a lot of Ohio State fans because Ohio State was that good. Same thing with Bengals fans, even though Cincinnati's a different animal down there, I have to say. If you're an NFL fan in the Southeast, and you happen to be from the state of Alabama, which doesn't have professional football, maybe you were a Falcons fan during a time while the Falcons were sucking up the room, Hey, you know what? Got my roll tie. Got my got my Alabama team. We got Nick Saban here. Away we go. It's that way with a lot of folks, and I think it'll continue to be that way. So I don't think there will be any less fun. Yet for the overall thought of it, for the overall college football landscape of what 12 teams could be, the last report is it could be 12 teams. Gene Smith was on the radio in Columbus Earlier this week said it's going to happen. There's going to be at least eight teams in there. they got to make their money. And this is where money isn't always a bad thing. We hate college football. We say we do. We hate college sports at times because it's about money. This is where money isn't a bad thing. A lot of schools, with the exception of the five schools that I mentioned that are in the college football playoff picture every year, a lot of schools really lost their ass over the last year. At least they claim to. They're not going to get into the endowment for that because endowments are not supposed to be used for athletics. So they lose their ass on that. That's the way they make money. And if they make more money doing this, I know you probably enjoyed watching a little bit of the Women's College World Series, bopping around. I thought it was fun. College football is what keeps programs like that afloat. College football is what keeps men's and women's soccer afloat. I've used this a million times when we talk about paying the players. 
you be careful about that because if they want to operate like businesses, they will. But Ken, Title IX, yeah, they'll just remove both sexes. Doesn't matter. As long as they have college football and men's basketball, they will continue to forge forward, and there are plenty of opportunities in other sports with either full scholarships or partial scholarships that help people improve their lives and improve the lives of those around them. And I don't want to look at it in just college football and men's basketball because it's the only sports that we really truly pay attention to 99% of the time because there's good stories and good people in the other sports. This is where money, greed, can be a good thing, in the words of Gordon Gecko. I don't want that to be lost in here. But I think you can put as many teams as you want to. You can put 12 teams. You can put 16 teams in. You can put a field of 64 teams in there. This is still only going to help the haves. Like the pandemic helped the haves because they're the ones that had the money to pay the freight, to continue to have the program, to continue to have the lead, to continue to have the eyes watching it that made it okay to pay off those TV deals. This will still only help the haves. If you're Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, LSU, I throw six teams in there, Florida, A&M, maybe. You guys are on the cusp. I'll listen to you. Maybe Oregon, if they really get on top of it, they're on their way again. Maybe USC, if they ever get their head out of their ass. So other than those schools, but really those six schools that I just talked about, and out of them, there's three that are consistent, and I want to focus on them. But I'll, I'll put it out to six. You could put 64 teams in there. It's going to come down to those six. And it's really going to come down to those three in Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. You can add all the teams you want. It only benefits them. They're deeper. Their talent is better. It only benefits them. But, Ken, the Cinderella story. Yeah, one. Boise State over Oklahoma. And you know what makes Boise State over Oklahoma a better story? Because they didn't have to play Alabama the next week. They score a touchdown. They win the Fiesta Bowl on a Statue of Liberty play. Wasn't it Statue of Liberty? They win the they win the Fiesta Bowl on a Statue of Liberty play. Kid gets down on one knee. He proposes to his girlfriend right there on national television. It's a movie. And that's when the credits roll. It's the end. That's why we remember it. And if we're expanding college football... A team like that wins that game, and they go out and have their asses handed to them by Ohio State next week. We remember runs in college basketball. There are a couple of one-offs. Football's a different animal. You can win one. Can't win three. There will be first-round upsets, and that would be nice. That would be nice. It would be great to watch Ohio State get upset in the first round or Clemson and Alabama, except those teams will have buys. So it only helps them. And if you are one of those teams, and it, this is this is one that has holes in it, I do believe there's years where you'd rather not be in a college football playoff if you're one of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. If you sneak in and you're Ohio State, you get drilled by Clemson 31 nothing in the semifinals in the college football playoff. Did you really want to be in that college football playoff? I'm a big proponent of be careful what you wish for. There is something as as standing, good standing. Is it better for Alabama to go out in a 
10-2 and two season, maybe even the 9-3 and three season that they had a few years ago, if somehow they were to be put in there, which they had no chance, but if somehow they were to be put in there, is it better for Alabama to go into that college football playoff and go get embarrassed in a semi-round final game or semi-final round game or to stay out of the college football playoff, play in your bowl game, finish your season quietly, load up for the next season, which Alabama did? For those three schools, there is such a thing as reputation. For the competitor, I have no argument. If we did seven college football playoffs like we have in the past, and I use my local team here, Ohio State's been in four. People always talk about 2015. They would have got in. Ken, they would have got in. If there were eight teams, they would have got in. Yeah, and you'd have been on the road, and you'd have played an extra game. But if you're one of those three teams, if I just circled down in Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, would you rather lose players in a – Early round game, if you had to play it, or would you rather lose players if you had to later on? It's still going to benefit you, but you'd still rather if you had to lose guys, which we don't want to, nobody wants to, and every time you step on the field's a risk, you'd rather lose it against tip-top competition. No offense to UCF, not UCF, not Cincinnati. No offense, guys. Sorry, not you. But you know you're not getting there in the first place. We leave these stories where they're at. And sometimes when there's only four, it protects them. It protects it. We can have an argument and a fun one and say, well, you never gave us the opportunity. You never gave Luke Fickle an opportunity. You never gave UCF an opportunity. We can put national champions up there. And who knows? Can't say no. Can't say yes, but you can't say no. Well, yeah, if UCF were probably going to play Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson, one of those three teams, I think a lot of us know what the final score would be. But again, this is going to be fun. I can't deny this. And this is an ugly part of it. We'll probably throw a guilt trip on players who before were to sit out of the Peach Bowl or the Chick-fil-A Bowl, even though I think it's the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, the Peach Bowl or the Poinsettia Bowl or whatever bowl it might be to get ready for the NFL. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got a 12-team playoff here. We're ranked 11th. Are you going to leave your teammates while we're trying to win a national championship game? I don't think so. So it's a more enjoyable product for us. Might not be fair, but it's a more enjoyable product for us. At the end of this, it's still fun, and I can't ever argue against fun. It's Ken Carman, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.